Hey there, welcome to Incorruptible Massachusetts. This is where we do our best to bring you into state politics. We talk about why things are so broken, um, what we can have here in Massachusetts if we fix it, and how you can get involved. And today is a big you can get involved moment. We want you to forward this podcast to your friends, this particular episode, um, because today we're talking about the incredible opportunity that we have this cycle to elect a ton of progressives to the state house and really change things up. So um, before we go on, I will introduce our um, inevitable co-host. <laughs> I was trying to think of new adjectives. Our illustrious co-host. I will begin with Jordan Burke Powers. <laughs> Jordan Brooke Powers, and you see him. Um, and I guess I'm inevitable. <laughs> Excuse me, and uh, Jonathan Cohn. Uh, Jonathan Cohn, he, him, his, an active in progressive electoral and kind of issue advocacy campaigns and based here in Boston. Fabulous. I'm Anna Callahan, she, her, coming at you from Medford. Um, and yeah, who wants to jump in and talk about redistricting and, and, and our incredible opportunity? Like this, every 10 years, there's redistricting and it means there's a ton of open seats. And um, maybe, Jonathan, do you want to jump in and talk about why we have open seats? Like what's happening to people who yeah. were in the state house? So well, yeah, one thing that, tend, that tends to happen, right? So last year, the state house, like following the census in a, in a rather, unfortunately, rushed timeline because of like, uh, kind of bad bad behavior by the Trump administration. I did not use profanity, which was going to be my go-to word. <laughs> they're doing uh, uh, that. Massachusetts kind of following the census redrew, redrew legislative and congressional districts, reflecting the new numbers. Right, because with the census, you then see how many people actually live in districts. Some of them are oversized, some of them are undersized, and because of the idea of one person, one vote, you need to kind of of rejigger the maps so that people have about the same population. And when you do that, as it becomes obvious, you can't make a change in one place without making a change elsewhere. So although some districts will stay the same, many of them end up changing and sometimes significantly because of redistricting. What that also does is because of that process of if people get new territory for the first time, or if they're kind of on retirement watch already, they can sometimes choose that as an ideal time to retire, um, whether it's because they don't want to deal with new constituents or, or if it's because they see like, I'm going to make your life easier with drawing this map and I'm going to, I'm going to bounce because I've been here for 30 years and <laughs> should retire. And so that, that becomes a great opportunity where you both end up having for open seats where some of the incumbents use this as an opportunity to retire or take advantage of other opportunities, or you have incumbents who are facing significant new territory, such that like one of the issues that, that often gives incumbents an advantage is people are used to seeing their name on the ballot. And what, what happens in a number of districts after redistricting is a good share of their district may have never seen the incumbent's name on the ballot because of the new territory gained or territory lost, which creates an opportune time for somebody wanting to run for that seat because you're not trying to like disabuse somebody of what they think about who's represented them because the person who represented them doesn't anymore. Yeah, and especially in a scenario where people don't know who their state rep or state senator mm -hmm. is, after redistricting, they really won't know who the person is, right? Like they may have vaguely remember mm -hmm. their state rep, they might have met them once, they might have filled in their name on a ballot. And so they're like, oh, I have like 
fondish. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I sort of know that person voted for them. Whereas they're going to be like, I don't, this name isn't even familiar, right? Like it's going to be a totally new person in that atmosphere. The other piece I'll, I'll, I'll add to what Jonathan said is that, you know, the, <clears throat> we worked with the legislature and I will, and you know, this podcast is not one that says nice things about the legislature on a regular basis, but one thing they did well was, um, you know, the house did a good job of creating opportunities mm-hmm. for people of color to have a say on who electing them. They're called opportunity districts. Um, and basically it means that people of color are a majority of the district. And so therefore we'll de- be able to decide who it is that they're electing. Um, you know, and so there are a bunch of new ones. And so there are new, oper- and there are some districts to the credit of um, this house where they didn't put an incumbent in it. So one of the things is, yeah, you put, um, you put an opportunity for people of color, but there's already a rep there. So you're not really giving mm-hmm. them an opportunity to have a new say. Well, to the credit of the house, they actually created a bunch of places where mm-hmm. there's no incumbent, which means that there's nobody currently representing those people. And so it's an opportunity for a fresh face, somebody new, hopefully, um, you know, maybe a person of color to come in into the legislature. So they did, um, they did this piece very well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it could, I think, whenever you do something, especially redistricting, which is the definition of zero sum, um, you can say, I would have done it this way and not that way. And I think I have some criticisms of the House and the Senate, how they find their final maps, but overall for the House, I think they did a good job. It's easily defendable, the things that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and they went out of their way to create some opportunities for people of color, which I think is mm-hmm. important and, and laudable things. So that's the other piece to this is that there's some of those districts out there. Yeah, yeah and then, I'm sorry, Anna, go. I was just gonna say, so we've got like opportunity districts, we've got new districts. Um, we have districts that are like mostly new where people will not recognize their uh, the incumbent state rep. Um, and then we have, you know, we have just have a lot of districts where people are stepping down. And I wanna just throw in a little bit there that we do have some state reps who have been quite good that we love. Um, people who are, you know, stepping away for a variety of reasons. Um, Tammy Govea is running for lieutenant mm-hmm. governor. Um, you know, there are a bunch of folks that are not returning. Maria Robinson is not returning. Nika Elogardo is running for, for another mm-hmm. seat. Um, so there are these folks that we have been relying on as progressives in the state house um, who will not be there. So in addition to our great opportunities, we also have a need. Um, and that mm-hmm. need is that we really have got to dig deep Um, share this podcast, send it to your friends, because we want to reach deep into a bunch of different communities um, and get some more people to step up who are going to commit to really fighting for progressive values and fighting to have a democratically run state house um, where we can, we, the people of Massachusetts can get the policies that we want, need, and deserve passed through that body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I just quickly wanted to tag in was, Building up a Jordan, uh, Jordan noted that like the, the house used some like opportunities of people retiring to specifically draw new opportunity districts, right? Like with Claire Cronin having been appointed to the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador to Ireland, and her district included part of Brockton, allowed them to kind of redraw the map of Brockton to create an opportunity that could elect, create the opportunity of elect a better a better opportunity of, of electing a black candidate out of Brockton, which really should be having, um, kind of should have such representation. In the same in the North Shore, when Brad Hill was appointed to, Republican Brad Hill was appointed to a new position. It's a bit unfortunate for the winner of the special election there at the end of last year, uh, Representative Jamie Balsito, but they used that that vacancy to say, okay, 
let's scramble the whole North Shore so that we can create a new district out of Lawrence. Yep. And so there's a there's a new district, Methuen Lawrence. They strengthened the already mm -hmm. people of color districts. Um, you know, the districts similarly in Lowell, they redid, you know, they redid it in such mm -hmm. a way to strengthen the um, the people of color district there, um, Opportunity District. And so there's a bunch of places, um, you know, Maria Robinson in Framingham with her, you know, sort of pending, hopefully, appointment. Um, you know, the Framingham, they redistricted in such a way to have an incumbent free Framingham district. That's an opportunity for folks. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of places that there's going to be changes. And I think the thing that I want people to take away when thinking about this is there may be candidates already running. If you feel like they're not progressive enough, you should consider running because, you know, we're trying to assess, you know, there's, there's uh, 160 of them. We don't know all of them, um, mm -hmm. but you are experts in your place where you live, you know, your communities, you might know mm -hmm. these people. And so if you feel like there's a missing progressive voice, you know, maybe get to know them. If you don't know them, have a conversation mm -hmm. on our values. And if they're not with us, then think about yourself running because it's, it's a, you know, we're worried about sort of both the, where we're headed and there's, you know, this is an opportunity to make the state house better. And it's also an opportunity for more, you know, for more regressive folks to move the uh, house back in the different direction. And so, you know, mm -hmm. whenever you have this, like whenever you have upheaval, whenever you have sort of a big changes, se you know, several districts changing, lots of opportunity, that's both opportunity for us. And also there's chances that we might, right? Like you can go either direction, either it's mm -hmm. gonna get better or it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a branch point effectively that it creates for you that, that to take advantage of. Yeah. If you uh, are I'll, I'll, oh, just, let okay. me jump in and just say yeah, if you are ahead. considering that you might be interested in running for office and you could sit down with those with the people who are running, you could do all that stuff. You can also reach out to any of us and just ask, just say, hey, I might run. What do you think? Like we will give you our total honest opinions. We want people who are willing to run. We want to pick your brains about who else you know that might be willing to run. If you know somebody you think would be good, like reach out to us. Jonathan, mm -hmm. go. Yeah, the one thing I was going to note that in addition to the people who have already retired, there are even those who might leave and thus making sure that people thinking about who would fill that seat, like for the thing that came to mind is that Tom Golden in Lowell is applying to be the city manager, the same way that their former state senator Eileen Donahue had left in the past. And so if he's gone, like the time is, or if he might be gone, the time is now to think about who should run for that seat because you need that you need that runway if you're going to get somebody good. Yeah. So I'm hoping, can we just rattle off a bunch of cities that either have open districts, opportunity districts, or if we're talking to somebody really could be replaced. <laughs> we don't need to name names. But like, let's, what are some cities that if you live in these cities, maybe think about people you know who might be good, consider running yourself. Um, let's rattle off some of those. I guess I'd say, so the first for me is Lawrence. Lawrence is a place with a lot of changes. There's an opportunity district up there. There's a Senate district up there. Um, there's a lot of places, there's a lot of change up in Salem. I mean, sorry, up in uh, Lawrence. So there's opportunities for people to think about running and, and moving forward um, and also knockdown effects, right? There's a bunch of city councilors who are planning to run for things. Um, some of the incumbents there are not the most progressive incumbents. I would say they're failing people of color in a lot of ways. So I would think about running for office in those places. Um, also, I just want to say really quickly, we're focused on the house because I, in my experience, it's extraordinarily difficult to jump from not being elected to a state Senate. Um, you know, you're based, you know, there's 40 
state senators that are 160 state reps, it is, think about that math, right? It is a lot more voters and it's hard to go from not being elected to elected in that way, that jump. But state rep, literally anyone could, as we've seen, anyone could run for state rep. Especially so, in an open seat. Especially, especially in an open, open seat, but generally speaking also. Yeah. So, yeah. It reminds me of the thing that I like to tell people is that like all most people in the state house aren't an expert on anything. So it's like, not like you need to be afraid of your legislators. No, no, no. So I guess I'd say like Lawrence is a big place I would be thinking about. Um, similarly, there are, um, you know, Springfield and its suburbs, you know, I'd say it, it not only are there changes, but also there are, um, there's at least one rep there that should be thinking about we, we could probably be doing better then. Um, and so I think like Lawrence is, a, I mean, sorry, Springfield is also a place that's had some changes. There's some open seats with people running for other seats. Um, there's a, you know, there's uh, reps stepping down in um, Hoppington, Hoppington and, and Sherburn area. And there might be some good people there, but I don't, we don't know for sure. Um, and Brockton, for sure, if you're thinking about Brockton, think about running for office, right? Like there's a great opportunity for better representation. And then, you know, uh, Boston is also having a bunch of upheaval. Um, and so if you're in a, you know, if you're in Liz Miranda's seat and you're thinking about running for office, right? Liz Miranda's running for state Senate. So think about that. Think about running for that seat. Absolutely. Um, great. Other Notes before we go on to a little brainstorming. Other th thoughts about the districts or about the cities that people can run in or if they have friends who might be able to run in these cities? I guess I would say just generally speaking, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably frustrated with the pace of change. And so don't be scared to jump into this thing. Like, you know, there's not... Even, even, if, even if you run and are unsuccessful, like we need to push these people to be better representational. We need them to know that people care about the fact that they're continually underperforming, right? Like they're continually doing so little. I'm in awe of all of the awful things Texas and Florida are pinging off of each other to pass terribly. Right, like how many of you are having whiplash every other week? They're attacking trans people. They're attacking the right of women to have reproductive choice over their lives. They're attacking voting rights. Think of how much they're producing. Think about how anxious you get when you see another bill in Florida or Texas come before you, right? They are moving forward with just bonkers things that are going to make people's lives worse. And here we are in Massachusetts and we're celebrating one bill passing that they actually passed, <laughs> that these that terrible legislatures passed. That should and, have and, passed like yeah. a dozen years ago or more. And so that's, that's I think, if it, so just think about that, have that anxiousness about, like, um, about that. And then think about your rep, right? Is your rep, do, do they have that same fire to make progressive change that a Texas Republican has to make people's lives miserable? <laughs> mm -hmm. Do they have the same fire? Or yeah. are they giving you excuses for why they do so little yeah. and telling you, look, there's a playground. Why are you complaining? <laughs> and, 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 go. And, and remember that we convince people to have faith in democracy by passing policy, not by running to some Republican state and desperately trying to stop their terrible policies. We have to pass our policies. So we need to fight what I call on their 10 yard line not on our 10 yard line. We, we, we can't wait until they're on our 10 yard line 
in places like Texas and Florida and Oklahoma and these other places, and then desperately try and stop them. We need to be pushing and passing our progressive policies to convince people that we actually have a democracy. So we mm-hmm. need for people to step up in Massachusetts so we can make that happen. The one thing that actually builds off that well that I was going to note is that many people in Massachusetts, as I like to say, would rather fix all 49 other states before yep. they fix Massachusetts. And like, so people will spend all their time volunteering in different races at the state. But one way that you can actually meaningfully offer, like help impact both our national delegation and other states is by ha- passing good policy here in Massachusetts because all good policy has to come from somewhere. Yeah. It does not come out of like, it does not some, it's not like a duex machina where sometimes somehow somebody like comes down from the sky and gives them a policy idea to pass uh, federally in other states is that when you're doing good work on the state level, like good ideas can be contagious. So if you wanna help spread so that those who are in power in other states or want to get in power in other states, have ideas of what they can do, and, and that the national delegation has ideas of what they can do when they have the votes to do it, that it, that it has to start somewhere. Awesome. So you know how important this is, share the podcast, get all your friends in any of those cities, or really anywhere to run. If you have any questions, if you're like, I wanna run, but I'm not one of those cities, reach out. We will be happy to talk to you about where, you know, might be a strategic place um, where you can run or other people can run. So, but before we end today, um, we are hoping to kind of galvanize people a little bit on um, running for state rep. And, uh, you know, there's about what, seven weeks left before people have to file for office before the, the window closes and you can't file for state rep anymore. Is that about accurate? Jordan, you're muted. Yes, that's correct. Great. Seven weeks left. And um, so we want people to really start thinking about it now. And we're going to brainstorm for a couple minutes on uh, what's a good slogan we can use? What's some imagery we can use to like, you know, get this point across. Um, And we'd love to hear from you after the fact on any social media platform or reach out to us by email or whatever you want. Um, Post it in YouTube as a response um, and let us know if you have ideas for how we can kind of galvanize people. Um, And, uh, you know, one idea that I had was an SOS, save our state, right? And, uh, you know, we can have some little, we do little radio ads where it's like, do, 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 do save our state and get people to run for the state house. So Jonathan, I know you had an yeah, idea the one that, that I left. Using like a marathon hook for next month about how the most important race this year could be yours. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. And along those lines, the, Hey, just do it. Run for state rep. <laughs> just do it. Old slogan, right? So. You might have some. You might have some problems using it, but yes, <laughs> we'll use the Someone squish and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody it, might call you. Isn't it's... bad? Even bad publicity, good publicity. Uh, not always. Not always. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there a movie called Born to Run? What was What was Born to Run? Is that a song or maybe I'm so culturally? Uh... Uh, it is. It is a song. It's a Springsteen song. Which yeah. is... there you go. Um, amazing that I know that because I'm black. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we have dived out of my repertoire, but I do know that song. There's so many songs we could rely on. Yeah, um, I just want to say also that there's, um, you know, there's a lot of places where people are, um, where people are un- like they they don't know that there's growing communities of color. 
Um, and so like Milton, Randolph, right? There are places, Southbridge, mm -hmm. Fitchburg. Um, these are places with growing communities of color. So there's, again, opportunities for people that, you know, while they may not be majority mm -hmm. people of color in this districts always, although sometimes they are, they are places where people can grow. So I'm not good at slogan airing, but I guess I'd say like, think about your neck of the woods and are, is, is the state addressing your day-to-day -day concerns? Is your, do, have you talked to your state rep? If not, why not? You know, and if you feel like they're not representational, they're not doing a good job, then think about stepping in. And, you know, nothing is, uh, there's nothing wrong with some, a little bit of democracy. It kind of like, <laughs> does like, does your representative represent you? Yep. Yep. And if not, like, you know, maybe think about you're, you're the person to step into that fold. A couple of years ago, um, I was doing the rounds, doing interviews uh, for this podcast, actually. And um, the, the folks from Act on Mass, uh, who during their interview, they were like, if your state rep has voted against transparency, just run against them <laughs> because like literally you can just run on transparency. And, um, uh, and, and I kind of did that, <laughs> kind of did that. And, you know, um, I was, it was amazing how many people, that's all you have to say is like, with no way to know how they vote and they're yeah. pissed and they, they were like, okay, great. I'm going to vote for you. So, you know, don't hesitate to run. Two things. One, uh, that you could also use something like you lose 100% of the campaigns you don't run. Yes. <laughs> yes. I always like a good, uh, a good, like, uh, a good exercise. <laughs> you put in a little Michael Jordan the, quote. The other thing, uh, talking about transparency just reminded me of if uh, this will like, this might not be posted during this calendar week, but the day that we are recording this podcast happens to be in Sunshine Week. Sunshine Week, which is a holiday, which is a national initiative spearheaded by the News Leaders Association to educate the public about the importance of open government and the dangers of excessive and unnecessary secrecy. Yeah. <laughs> Massachusetts State House being one of the only state houses that exempts itself from <laughs> sunshine laws is a good example of that. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. We actually were talking to a candidate and, and they were, Jordan, on your point, they were just talking about exactly that. They were saying, there are opportunity districts that are supposedly like set aside for people of color to be able to run in. And does, does that mean that people of color can't be running in every other one of the you know, hundred and whatever districts? Like we should be running everywhere, right? You don't have to wait for an yeah. opportunity district. Mm -hmm. I guess I would say if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're in, don't identify as a person of color, maybe think about finding a person for an opportunity mm -hmm. district. But if you're not in an opportunity district, um, you don't have to wait for a person of color to run. You could just yourself run. Like we just need people to run. So I think, you know, I do, I do want to say also that like, yeah, we should, it would be great for people of color to run in districts that are an opportunity district, because I think, you know, the, our lived experiences, like all marginalized communities, lived experiences brings a certain, you know, lens that can be helpful. It's not a certainty, Right. Um, I, one of the many conversations I have with people is that just because a person is a person of color doesn't mean they're progressive. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we can't make that synonymous. But I do think that lived experience is helpful. And that being said, like we also just need better representation. So like mm -hmm. also if you are listening to this and you live in a place where you think that there's an opportunity to have better representation, then you yourself should think about running. And can I okay. also mention that I think a lot of times people there's this sense that 
the person who's sitting in that seat has some sort of right to be there, right? That that's mm. their job and they should mm. be protected simply because they've been there. And you know, the 40 plus thousand people who live in your district deserve the best representative they, they can have. They don't deserve the, the person who happens to be there. They deserve the best. So if you're mm -hmm. a little bit better than someone, run, mm -hmm. run for office. Two things. One, it reminds me of the question that I was thinking of asking people running for the cycle of simply like, what is this? What is the problem to which that you view yourself as the solution to? Um, as a way of approaching like why, why you versus any of the like 40,000 other people who happen to live in the district. And if you have a good answer for it, should run. The other thing in terms of lines, uh, to quote Cinderella in the Stephen Sondheim's musical Into the Woods, opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. Ah, that's great. That is a great one, yeah. We have great. a moment, my friends. We have a <laughs> moment of opportunity right now for the next like six weeks to get people to run. Massachusetts has the lowest rate of challenging incumbents of any state house in the country. And mm -hmm. now is our moment. We've got a bunch of open districts. We have a bunch of opportunity districts. We have a bunch of half new, half open. Half new is like half open. <laughs> the incumbent is there, but they're not the incumbent for half the people there, right? Um, and, uh, and we need people to run. Last words. I'll let, I'll let you have the last word. Do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> Share this podcast with everybody that you know. We need people to run for office and we will see you all next week. <laughs>